1: founder of on three shannon terry will be in studio with us coming up in about 20 minutes clay travis in a little over an hour outkick 360 rolls on across the outkick network the alabama crimson tide basketball program not just legit chad they're likely the very best college basketball team in the country right now they win by double digits again they won against vandy last night but they've won every sec contest by double digits And on their way off the floor and into the locker room, Nate Oates said that many of the players broke down uh, with the motion that they had bottled up through the week where their teammate Darius Miles was charged in a homicide, in a, a capital murder case over the weekend. And they show up at Memorial Gym last night and put it on the Commodores.
0: I think the answer to the question to me is yes, based on what I've seen right now. And I, I talked about Brandon Miller being the mm. best freshman in America. He may be the best player in America, regardless of class. Zach Eady is going to win the Naismith Player of the Year, I believe, at Purdue. Uh, they're giant down low, who's having a great season. But Brandon Miller, pound for pound, I think is the best player in America. And that's what Alabama has on their roster as a true freshman. Uh, they're terrific. And they do everything well. This is not you think of Nate Oates teams. You think of fast break, full court press, uh, jacking up a lot of threes. Yeah, live and die by the by the perimeter. Yeah, and they do those things, but they defend really, really well. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country. They rebound well. Uh, they've got guys who can take you off the dribble. They've got good outside shooting. They do everything really well. They're, they're the best team in the SEC right now. I think the SEC as a whole, it, this isn't a vintage year. For the conference, in part because Kentucky's been a bit of a disappointment. they got time to figure it out, mm-hmm. and I think Kentucky will figure it out, but that's a preseason top five team who hasn't been that. I think um, Alabama and Tennessee have exceeded expectations so far this season and are better, but Alabama is the best in the conference, and I think they're the best in the country at, at this point, which you're right, Hutton, in the tees, you said, we're not talking Alabama football here, we're talking Alabama basketball. It's been a very difficult week for them given that one of their teammates has been uh, accused of capital murder. But that's a really good team that's going to, I think, do some damage in March. They're they're built to go on a deep run. Now, once you get to the tournament, you get the wrong matchup in, in in round two, right. and you don't hit from the outside in one game, and it's all over. That's the nature, and that's the misery at times of the sport. But it's going to be a fun winter for the Alabama Crimson Tide, this, this streak is not ending anytime soon.
1: Stackhouse, after the game, uh, and, and what he said at the podium, I, I can't fathom how they'd even be able to play this game. Jerry Stackhouse, head coach of Vandy. In my pregame speech, I even put a damper on for the guys because I was like, we should really just go out and honor the victims, honor this kid that we all know and have competed against, whose life has changed forever. Just go out and be thankful. I mean, this game means nothing. And then he crumbled up the, he, he crumbled up the, uh, the stat sheet. Tossed it aside and said, nothing. I heard for this family, the young lady's family, who are losing their loved ones tonight, and we're here with a basketball team. So it was affecting both sides of things. And Stackhouse even said he brought it up pregame to his group.
0: Yeah, Nate Oates was talking about having a phone conversation with Ray Lewis about it because his daughter went to Alabama, which uh, got immediately roasted on social media. When, uh, when he mentioned that with people saying, what, was O.J. Simpson not available right. to talk to? It's a delicate situation. I mean, I, you know when Jerry Stackhouse says that, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I mean, the guy's life has changed forever because he may have murdered a 23-year-old mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a 5-year-old so, mom. Yeah, I mean, he's it's going to change forever for Darius Miles. I, based on what I know right now, I have no sympathy for Darius Miles. I hurt for his family members that know that this guy could be facing uh, uh, execution, right? I mean, it's a capital case in the state of Alabama. I mean, it's a terrible situation all around, but I don't think we need to be spending too much time sitting around honoring Darius Miles or the fact that we know him. It's just a weird deal. I mean, if you know someone that suddenly is accused of murder and it looks like, hey, they probably did it, and if they didn't do it, they knew who did and they supplied the weapon to the person that did it, And they knew what was going on. It's a terrible situation all around for Alabama. I think it's going to affect this program Uh, on the court. Best team in America, I believe, right now. But, HUD, maybe it's just so new that things haven't settled in yet that this isn't the game we see it take its toll. Right? Maybe not. Certain times it's like, you know, they come back, it's all settling in. Yeah. They practice. I know Nate Oates talked about it, it was odd when we talked about it, and then we just had a practice. And then went out and played a game. Certainly didn't affect them at Memorial Gym last night in Nashville. Will it affect them in the next game? Will it affect them a week from now? Will it affect them a month from now? We don't know. We got to see how this thing plays out, and obviously we got to see how the the court system plays out with this case. Michigan's, because you've got his you've got his attorneys claiming innocence.
1: Michigan's uh, co offensive coordinator Matt Weiss he's been placed on paid leave by the university um, as the the university police department is investigating computer access crimes. This a reading from the uh, Detroit news and a story you can read at OutKick. Um, his home in Ann Arbor was reportedly searched back what, last week and it was related to computer crimes also traced back to Shimbeckler hall. And that apparently allegedly took place in December, but this just adds up to another issue. And you can say, well, Harbaugh exploring the NFL not an issue, but another headline that is stacking up on the the Wolverines that you just go, what? Again? You know, what's tomorrow's headline? I'm expecting something else from, from Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor after, you know, reading something like this.
0: And whatever the headline is, we know that their president's going to announce it, not their AD, which is also weird. Well, that, yes. That Santa yes. Ono, the president, is now the newsbreaker and that he's brokering the deal more than the athletic director, Ward Manual, Jim Harbaugh. Clearly problems with them. When I see this story, I immediately think, oh, no. Um, I think uh, Kitna at yeah. Florida, yeah, right? I mean, I think that there's some sort of child pornography going on. When you see that it's an internet crime. access, computer yeah. access crimes that have taken place, I'm thinking the most horrific thing that you could possibly imagine when it's not – there's no more details. Now, right. I have read – a story from someone who covers Michigan that cited some police report stating that it was, they were looking into crimes at Schembechler Schembechler Hall, if I could spit it out, that involve someone illegally accessing another University of Michigan workers emails, that it's email fraud, that someone is hacking into someone's email and that that's why Weiss is being investigated. Um, and they've searched his home. I hope for his sake it's that and not what the immediate yeah. uh, response to this story would be when you see it. It's just weird that we don't have more information about it than we have right now. And it's just a very broad computer access crimes. He's not been on the road recruiting. He's uh, on leave right now. Yeah, they, leave. They've searched his home as well. You've got one report I'm reading that there's a, a neighbor saying, yeah, the unmarked police car showed up and searched his house and said, I don't want to be identified, but I can tell you that that's what happened. Craziness at Michigan. Uh, great college basketball
1: last night down in Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State was aw- – Chad, you mentioned this right before we left the air. Like, hey, be on the lookout for a 6 p.m. tip-off and what's going to be an awesome top 20 matchup between Kansas, Kansas State. Turns out we go to overtime and end up having a quite – Quite the atmosphere, and what was officially my first night watching college hoops, where I'm going back to back with a couple of different games. I've flipped over to different channels, I've seen some highlights, but last night felt like college basketball season for the first time for me, and that atmosphere delivers.
0: Yeah, um, it was awesome last night. Jerome Tang, by the way, the head coach at Kansas State, former Baylor assistant, um, terrific job in year one at Kansas State. He grabbed the mic post game. Yes, and uh, and stood up on the scores table and addressed the crowd, which was really cool. But to win it on a, on an alley oop, I mean, I don't. It, that's crazy that was allowed to happen. And it wasn't some elaborate uh, set that took place the back screen or anything. They just had Keontae Johnson mm-hmm. and his defender was fronting him, and it was a perfect pass, perfect lob to the rim. He turns around and dunks it, and Kansas State goes on to win. Great atmosphere, great rivalry. Kansas played great. Jalen Wilson was on fire with 38 points for the Jayhawks. It was just a very well-played offensive game. Big plays back and forth. And I'm glad in regulation they didn't call the foul at the end. Yeah, and I'm watching it, especially the finish of that game, and I'm thinking, how do you not love college basketball? I get that the you know the yeah. entire sport isn't great, and you're going to have plenty of venues that have about 200 people that was awesome. in them for a lot of games. That was not the case last night at K-State. A nice old barn they play in there at K-State in the Little Apple, Bills Manhattan, Kansas. Perfect. It was awesome. I, I loved it, the back-and-forth nature of it. I just like – I sent you a text when we were watching it saying, I love K-State's coach. Mm-hmm. There's something about his energy the whole time that was just on point. And he spent – Nineteen years at Baylor, uh, it, with that program with with Scott Drew. So he took his time, he waited it out. He got an opportunity to be a head coach, and it's paying off right now in year one at Kansas State.
1: Conversation we were having watching it was the mascot at Kansas State is awful. Uh, why would you – it's just like a cheerleader with just the mascot head on? Do you notice this? No, that's I didn't all it see was. That. So but, I'm just like, hey, if you're going to invest in a mascot, at least have a mascot, right? Like, why would like. Why? Why would you go the high school route? You know, like where you're just like doing it for the sake of doing it. it makes no sense, especially
0: for that game on ESPN. And you got to go bigger than that. Uh, one thing I noticed: I just was don't have one. There was a great moment where Jerome Tang was arguing with the officials at the scores table, mm-hmm. and some huge assistant coach got in between him and the official. So he did the sort of get back coach thing. He was trying to separate his boss, his head coach from the and? official, and Jerome Tang kind of looked at him and said something, and then the guy started walking back, and he turned, and you could tell he thought about it. It's like, I'm about to go off on this assistant <laughs> coach for, for breaking that up. But he didn't. He thought better of it in the game. He kind of said one other thing in passing. Very self-aware. And then turned around and got right back into coaching the game. Love it. But you could see the look on his face. It turned to, dude, what are you doing? You know, Get out of here. I'm fine. I'm not going to get ejected when he was talking to the official. But it was a very aggressive move by that assistant coach to stand right in between the head coach and the the official. Also aggressive. Sometimes you need that, though. Uh, The
1: bulldog last night at Mississippi State, Josiah Jordan James, ran into a a little issue on the sideline.
0: Yeah, first on the opening tip, he goes to try to save it and uh, falls right into the bully, the the mascot for Mississippi State. A few questions about this. Why is the mascot right there? There's just some woman holding the dog in the front row. She doesn't look official at all. The mascot should be with the cheerleaders. I feel like there should be a male cheerleader holding a leash. That that, that male cheerleader's one job is not to put on a mascot head like we saw at Kansas State. Right, thank you. But to hold the leash and and protect the bulldog. The the bulldog is just sitting courtside. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the leash is actually the game trapping is going the dog
1: up. here, based on the the photo slash video we see here. But it's very reminiscent also of the Auburn anyone, UGA game.
0: There was also hardly anyone at that game when it started. Maybe there's, you know, some traffic in Starkville getting to a six PM central tip. Yeah, I'm not a fan but of the But they showed PM the tips. they showed the big overhead shot and I'm thinking, hey, it's a top ten team in your building tonight. You know, you got a chance at home. Yeah. You always have a chance at home in, in conference to get a win. No one's gonna show up to this game and then the same, Bulldog gets trucked to start the game. You
1: know, UGG is far more aggressive. That's what we learned last night. Yes. On the bite attempts.
0: Would have been a different story had Uga uh, been that. If
1: Mike <laughs> the Tiger was a part of
0: this, definitely oh, would have been a different uh, story. No,
1: yes, no doubt. Are you saying that no one works in Starkville and they can make it to a 6
0: p.m. tip? I'm saying there no one lives in Starkville, oh. and so there should be no traffic. Gotcha. That's what I was saying in passing, that there should not be just traffic I mean. issues in Starkville, Mississippi, <laughs> to prevent you from getting to a 6 p.m. tip. I don't, I don't think the streets of Starkville are just clogged with commuters leaving the high-rises of downtown Starkville get to, to, head, games. to head out to the suburbs of, uh, of, of rural Mississippi to make it home or to make it to a game on time. That's what I'm saying, Hutton.
1: Chad, uh, Jane Rashad has been in the headlines. Nico is now number one at On3 for recruits. We've got the top 300 for On3 when we come back. We'll discuss the 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 change in number one with shannon terry and we'll it's great for discussion also, i appreciate I, shannon
0: yes. on three doing this yesterday so we then could talk no about uh, a new number one atop their ranking and Jaden rashada reportedly how much money
1: to go to florida that they weren't going to pay and decide not to he's asked for his release we must discuss this uh, with the ceo and founder of on three sports shannon terry
2: in studio with us next on outkick 360
1: Travis will be with us in an hour. Outkick 360 rolls on. Pleased to be joined in studio, Chad, and one of our favorite guests, Shannon Terry, founder, CEO of On3. And plenty of great reasons to have Shannon in always, but today, I mean, there's always Transfer Portal news, name, image, likeness, uh, discussion points. Shannon, good to see you, man. Hope things are well.
3: Great to be here.
1: Um, Jade Rashada, dominating The recruiting headlines based on what's going on at Florida. Numbers have been thrown around, $13 million contracts uh, that Florida can't pay, but it's promised, and he wants out of his letter of intent. You are not even knee-deep, waist-deep, shoulder-deep into NIL and Transfer Portal with On3. What do you make of the numbers, the recruit, the story, all of it just combined right now that we are, as Chad put it, we're in the middle of our first official holdout, for, a, yeah. for a, a, a prospect.
3: Maybe we need a database flag called holdout. I like, I like that. <laughs> a little tab. <laughs> you look, you guys have had me on a bunch of times, and I think it's been very clear. I'm a huge, huge proponent of NIL. I have talked about all the good that it creates uh, from the athletic department, the athletes, the families of the athletes. It's fair and all the things. This is one of the things that's just crap, garbage. And this is this is a, a situation that even if it's even if it's remotely true, which I think that I'm very skeptical. I know how all these deals are structured and I'm very skeptical of the numbers that are being floated and, and, and even the enforceability of something like that. This everything about this is disgusting. And the sad part is this stuff gets so much attention and headlines that it really eats into, you know, everything that I think is going right in this category
0: well and i think you know it's one thing let's say shannon terry running the industry and if you ran a collective you would know the value and the valuation of everyone and you'd operate your business from a competent standpoint is it possible the gator collective just isn't good at their jobs and they (laughs) overvalued someone and they swung too big and they had someone write up a contract that made no sense for florida i mean that Clearly, something went wrong here. That we have our first big, high-profile holdout, mm. where you got one side claiming a contract was signed that's not being honored, and then no one in the Gator Collective is is refuting the fact that they're saying that the Gator Collective wanted to tear a contract up after signing one. So that that leads me to believe that it's true.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's no question that there's there's mistakes that have been made here, and and um, the uh, eyes were bigger than the appetite. Uh, In this, in this case, but here's, here's the bottom, bottom line. And this is what on three OS, our business division, our data business is trying to solve for is that until there is some normalcy and value valuation of these athletes, these types of things can happen. And that's from the very minute we found it on three, we spent almost two years now trying to solve for that. And so, you know, this is, this is a case where, this athlete, let's just say he's the best quarterback. He's still not worth his value is not in that range from a brand value. Just quickly do the math here: sixty-five Power Five schools. Let's say twenty of them have a projected ten million dollar collective in football over the course of the next twelve months. That's two hundred million dollars. Let's say the next, for just you know, for argument's sake here, let's say the next uh, you know forty-five schools have, you know, make it simple, half of that. You're still only talking, what, $150 million or so dollars that's deployable. That's still a long way. It's just the numbers don't add up. The bottom line is the elite college athletes, the elite that are already performing, they're only worth about a million to a million two, And then it slides pretty quickly down into that 700000 And then we look at the constructs of the deal. These deals are monthly deals. You know, there's a lot of triggers tied to them. It's not like they just walk in and here's twelve million dollars. These are over a period of time. They're monthly. There's performance. There's all these kind of measures. So the numbers, the numbers that are being floated right now, generally, are not representative of of the way it's actually being done.
1: Shannon Terry, founder and CEO of On Three, he's in studio with us. All right, you know, I'm a novice at this. I need I need my handheld when it comes to name, image, likeness. You say. The average elite player that the, the the value is a million to a million two. Where
0: do we come up with that? Figure? And not just elite player, you're saying elite player at quarterback. At quarterback, quarterback. Just, at they, quarterback. At, yeah. at,
3: just at quarterback. Just at quarterback, because there's a there's a yeah. huge chasm when we're talking okay. even the next value positions, which are edge, you know, wide receiver, cornerback. But 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 elite quarterbacks have a different value, and that's being exercised in the marketplace. So how's that number? Right. so, so how's that number come up? Well. What, what we've done is we've said, look, the NIL space is a, say, it's a four-year, five-year, huge growth hockey stick kind of kind of movement. So you have to divide value up into roster value and brand value. We are only talking about roster value deals right now. And roster value are the deals that come through essentially the collectives because the big brands and the group licensing and all those type deals, they're just kind of percolating right now. Now, NIL roster value is going to mature at some point because what's about to happen is these collectives are going to have a difficult time raising 10 million dollars every year, you know, for just football. So you start losing a little bit. Now you're competing with your, you know, your your other donor programs at the school. So there's a lot of issues here. So there's a finite amount of money that's going to go into this roster value segment. And so it doesn't take too many smart people in a room to figure out how to deploy or how to sensibly deploy that universe of dollars and roster value, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then from that you can extrapolate pretty quickly, you know, how much money is available, value a position over another position, and how to deploy it. It's it's
1: So based on that mm-hmm. and where we are now with that number, does that number rise significantly? the marquee elite quarterback like do you think are we at four million four years from now
3: it's a it's a great question and and here's what this is exactly what's happened and we 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 speak to every single coach we talk to every collective we know the actual deals that are being done in the college space right now and here is what is happening a floor is starting to get established now so all of the you know, there, there's really. Let me back up for two seconds. There's really kind of two positions that are happening. There are the collectives/slash schools that see it, that get it, that accept it, that are creating fish offic- operationally efficiencies, and that are building for the future. Then there's a there's a slower adopt, you know, slower adapting group. Okay, the group that is is working hard and figuring all this stuff out. Um, you know, th- they're right now working two two parts of this. They're working this base floor to keep the locker room happy. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that base at Vanderbilt could be different than, say, at Texas A&M just by, you know, the sheer economics of what's going into that program. And then there's the elite. Okay. Once the floor is established, okay, that's where most of these kids are actually going to fall within. Okay, truthfully, you know, if you took a roster of, say, 85 and you got 20 incoming or whatever, you know, maybe there's... There's ten kids on a roster that you're really, you know, working real deals with. Then, then you hit up top, you know, and either one of those order is is kind of right. what's happening right now. So by, it's a by deployment the way, of resources.
0: Most of those kids you're talking about that falls in line with what we've talked about with common sense practices of what athletes should make because they can't get a job while they're in school, right? Yes. I mean, it's we're talking twenty-five to forty-five to fifty thousand dollars for the year and NIL, which to me, that's exactly what everyone, even if you were the staunchest, you know, anti-kids getting paid, whatever. It's like, well, I think I'd be okay with them making some money right. for spending money on the side. That's where the floor is, right, for a lot of these guys.
3: You know, what What it truly is right now in most institutions is around two dollars or $3,000 a month, okay? That's what that's what they're goal-seeking now. The, the, I'm sorry, that's where they're at. They're really trying to goal-seek, you know, into this $5,000, you know, a, a month range. The, the money for the elite recruits right now is around $20,000, $25,000 a month. And that's, that's just the facts. The, that's what the deals are happening right now. If you're a quarterback, there's an exception to that. And that's where the deals are more of a negotiation versus. so So, so I, so I want to back up for two seconds. I really don't think the majority of the elites are picking a school based on the NIL outcome. I think they are picking their choices though around the schools that are participating in NIL. There's a there's a fundamental difference here. You know, because I think of, of the athletes that we've surveyed that we speak anonymously with and we pair it with the data that we're we're talking with the collectives and the coaches. They they're all generally around this same range until they get into a desperation phase. And there are there are a, there's several instances where we have to have that kid. Just, it's not an option. We haven't recruited well, or he's the key to our season next year. What's the number? And there are those instances that are happening right now. But those instances are not this $3, 4000000 million kind of stuff. as baloney.
0: Yeah. Well, and look, this feels, uh, numbers aside, and whether that part of it is, is baloney, as you say, or not, to me, this feels like a desperate move. This feels like an instance of, we lost this kid to Miami, Season's not going as well as we thought. It's early November. The kid flips on November 10th, and suddenly it's whispers of $4 million more he's going to make than the $9 million he was promised at Miami to go to Florida. Um, if this is true, and G. Allen Taylor of The Athletic is reporting that there is serious potential for litigation from Jaden Rashada, that there is a signed contract with the Gator Collective that they're not wanting to pay, what's the ripple effect of that, Shannon, if there is a, a lawsuit that's filed? And all of this stuff goes public. Is it just isolated to Florida and that collective? Or does this span out more?
3: I don't think it's really going to span out more. Because I think I, I think with every passing day, the collectives are becoming wiser, smarter, and understanding value better. And so these situations are going to less likely occur. And look, we, we, we're we meeting every day on this stuff. And we our good works for college sports right now, we want to make sure – value is understood and that it's not sensationalized in any way in these values to the, to the, to the athletes. And so the more calls, the more work we do, you know, the more data science we do, I think will keep these things from happening. And that that's a goal of ours. So I don't, and it's also like you go down that path, you may be signing away. your who's going to, who's going to touch you. You, you want, you want that in your program as a coach wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole.
0: What's the risk toleration for some of these um, some of these collectives? And I think about this with the Gator Collective. Let's say they get sued over mm. this. I mean, is, are they in for that fight, or is this something where the people that are involved are thinking, "I didn't sign up for this. You know, I don't want to get into this world and face litigation every time someone's unhappy over something."
3: Do you, Do you think there could be an issue with that specifically with Florida? Uh, you know. My take on that is that some form of the collectives are not going away and it's just cost. Could of be do- someone else doing it. It's cost of doing business. You know, and if I'm if I'm the rich multi-gazillionaire and I'm putting money in it, that's a y'all's problem. Y'all handle it. That's why I'm over here. I'm just supplying the money. I just, that's not going to stop this engine from rolling if that's down the tracks. Am,
1: am I wrong to assume that the contracts that are signed are extremely one-sided right now? They have to be. For protection purposes, like yeah. the, the players, not represented in this. And right?
3: Some some cases they are, you know. But but it's it's you know, I don't know.
1: It would be like me negotiating with you, Shannon, and you know, <laughs> no. sign this, okay? You know, it, it's one of those deals where uh, someone's got the the experience and the other one doesn't. I wonder how long that lasts. You it, know, where the players realize. What's going on, and that to Chad's point, that's where the lawsuits come in.
3: There is a complete misperception from the fan and likely from the athlete on the construct of these deals. If that's your point, okay. And the point is, there's a lot of triggers in these deals. They're, you know, it it is not a situation where little Johnny rolls up, signs a contract, and gets the big check for thirteen million dollars. It the doesn't. They, you know, the they're right? not getting the bag. It does not <laughs> like that. So yeah. Uh, that, that's the
0: perception. Yeah. yeah that's but that's It's a, not
3: like that. That's no. a
0: good dose of uh, reality, uh, I think. Well, money doesn't
3: flow like that either. You know, like, so when, you know, when we talk to a collective and they, you know, it's a hard, you know, what what's the goal? What are we working toward? And it's, well, it's, you know, $10 million. Say that's the answer. Where is it going to come from? Well, you know, we need 35% from corporate sponsors. We need 65% from donors, you know, and um, then I go to the next question. What's in the bank? Right. You know, and those numbers are never the same there there's actually a you know a chasm there there's all and there's money coming out so the point is there's rich people there's smart people and it's a big business operational efficiencies are going to occur and they're going to occur like with light lightning speed over these next eight or nine months for those 30 percent 40 percent of the schools that go I get it we' got to play the game
0: Shannon, as a Tennessee grad, I was excited to see that Nico jumped Arch Manning for number one overall in in your rankings as an incoming Tennessee quarterback. And I also immediately thought, okay, what has happened that he jumped Arch Manning since the last ranking came out? So I'm thrilled that you were in right now to walk us through the process of on three, your talent evaluators, and how you schedule out the year in terms of updated rankings and how these things change. And it flows over the course of a recruiting cycle that leads you to now. Yesterday, I believe it was you guys launched your final on three hundred top three hundred players of the recruiting year.
3: Yeah, and I think I think we ended up having arch three, for example. So yeah. it really, it really came down to um, a couple a couple of factors. Okay, first of all, I want to be clear: I'm not in the ranking process in any way. I don't give any feedback on on any of these kids, I I just sit there and watch it and I set up the the constructs of how it's going to work. We rank 32 players every year, five stars. We tie that to the draft and the initial idea is we feel that these are the players that best project to be first rounders out of this class and so forth. So technically, statistically, there's not a big deal at all between being ranked number one and being ranked 15. I know it's, it's fun for fans and all that. But to answer your question... Um, Nico's athleticism is just next level off the charts. Now, I know he's got an elongated throwing motion that, you know, he typically leads to, to um, you know, accuracy issues. But he is a rare, rare multi-sport athlete. That is, if you go back into the greats of the game, especially at that position, you will find one of the common denominators is the great ones, you know, are great. They could have been drafted in baseball. They could have played basketball. That's a thing, and so that just pushed him over. So you talk to Heipel, you know, who's had a set of eyes on him. What are we? What are we seeing here? What's the upside? What's the ceiling? And there isn't a ceiling with this this young man. He's got unlimited upside. You look at you know, you look at Arch, you know, and and he has a beautiful throwing mo- motion. It is compact. It is tight. He is accurate. Um, didn't have a good offensive line. He was sacked over twenty something times. He's not a burst, twitchy athlete. He's a he's an okay athlete. Um, you know the Manning name definitely has has impact in that ranking. But I think at the end of the day, what what the guys decided, uh, and and just talking to them, was that number one, there wasn't a clear cut number one in this class. There were five or six kids that they felt uh, deserved it, and there wasn't a Caleb Williams, and so. You know, and so in looking at it, they felt that that Nico had a higher ceiling, was going to a great, great program, a great offensive program, going with a coach that would develop him, um, and they felt better with that risk profile and ceiling profile.
1: How many do you have scouting right now?
3: Uh, there's, you know, what what we do with that is our head of evaluations, a guy named Charles Powers. Um, and he was he ran it for me at twenty four seven. So he has we have data history on his evaluations. Love about Charles, he gives no rips on any team. He is not a fan of any school. Could care less where they go. He over-evaluates in that sense. So that's piece one. Um, the other part that I love is that what most people I think don't understand is that we give a mathematical formula on how many tight ends we want how many quarterbacks we want. We pair that to a state geographic pairing. Uh, And so we've we've got math behind it. And then the next phase is we go out, we see the kids with with a group of probably 30. And then the next phase that just continues throughout the year, which is I think the most important piece of it, is is constant communication with the assistant coaches. So if you really want to get down to it, okay – the people that, that are, are really evaluating these kids are the coaches and the schools that are taking them. We have those relationships. We've got 250 employees, content creators. We compile all that data, and then Charles and his team put it with theirs, and then they you know, they make a, project, a projection. I think going into last year, somewhere around 65 68% of, of an on-three consensus five-star gets drafted. That's fourteen times that of a three star or something. So it's 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 really accurate. But to get into who's number one or number three, good luck.
0: How awesome is Livy done? When you look at this, and, and I think we often what, make the mistake of— What a curveball of, here. Yeah. Just, where, are we well,
3: go, where are we going with go. this? I'll, let's <laughs> dive right in. Let's it. go. <laughs> I was
0: going hey. to leave it, Shannon. Just how hey, awesome is what he's done? Me and, the moon. Give, me the moon, your...
3: give me the moonshine <laughs> there here. There you Here's go. Right yeah. right here. There's let's some right go. here on
0: the, on the table. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'll preface it with this. I think we just say NIL to blanket statement a lot of things that oftentimes don't have anything to do with NIL. Everything that she's done and all the money she's made is nil. It is As it name, be. image likeness in its purest form. Whether prudes out there want to get mad that she's a hot girl that's uh, profiting from her hotness on social media,
3: <laughs> I'm not joining this conversation. Deal with it, right? But yeah. I, but
0: my point is, isn't this? If you just wanted to look up the the model for nil and how it could work to its best, it's what Livy Dunn has done with it. For lack of a better term, no pun intended. He slayed it, good. You yeah. agree? I, I agree. All right, we're done. Let's take some shots of uh, moonshine now. We, we've <laughs> I mean, why would anyone? Why to would anyone agree. care? With me.
3: Yeah, why would anyone care? Is the thing?
0: Oh, because uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have someone in our YouTube chat right now say this. Oh, no one cares about her athleticism or no one's watching LSU Gymnastics or there's plenty of other better gymnasts out there that aren't making as much money. It's not about merit. It's about her look and it's about this and that. And I would just simply point those people to countless professions that it's about the exact same thing.
3: I'll ask you one question. Is sports entertainment? Of course. Yes. You just answered the question then. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's look at our favorite country music singers
0: or let's look at our favorite actors in Hollywood or let's look at this. A lot of them got their job. I hate to offend people out there, but because of their look is how they got
3: Is that why you got this job or was it because oh, of your voice? Oh, absolutely
0: not. No, I just paired well with Chad. Oh, yeah, okay. You know. No, it's his look. They needed something to offset me that was better. <laughs> and they said, let's give this guy the job.
1: Shannon, you actually looked out because yesterday our conversation was whether or not Chad should go to a tanning bed. So.
0: Yeah, I was wearing a white shirt yesterday, Shannon, and I mean, it was reflecting off of my pale skin in the wintertime to the point well, where I actually considered going to a tanning bed for the first time ever.
3: So is that a filter then? Because you look on the screen, you look you look good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: they changed the filter in here. I think our crack production team Copying came everything up Libby with Copying Livvy Dunn's something doing. That's, the filters. Uh, yeah, it, it puts some color in my face when I talk about Livvy Dunn.
1: One more for you. Yeah. Because we talked a lot about high school recruiting in this. Uh, and I the way you answered the question about how many scouts you have is about the high school rank, right? How much of your focus now is going to be transfer portal and ranking players it is. currently playing?
3: It is. It's more. It's it's more important than than recruiting, honestly, because um, we we break our our valuation down into three components. We call it pi. It's our Madden score. P for performance, I for influence, and E for exposure. Um, you know, performance is on the college scale. And so like an Arch Manning may be ranked 99 as a recruit, but I think I looked his P scores like 70 or something like that. Cause you know, he hasn't, he hasn't performed. And so we have to take that formula on forward and we have to scout the college level more because of the turnover through transfer portal, but mostly because of the value of the athlete. So it's, it's significant and it it's it really comes down to conversations with coaches as much as anything.
1: How do you trust the coaches?
3: Consensus uh look, I mean we've been Don't doing Do they this. all
1: have a motive though?
3: If they if enough of them say the same thing, it's it's pretty okay. dang close. I mean, I you know, I go to dinner last night with DeMarco Murray and you know, we spent four hours together, just the two of us, and and 90% of that conversation was about uh, about 50 running backs. Now, I don't know about you, but what if is? I'm getting my scouting information from DeMarco Murray, who to this day, and I'll never forget where I was sitting at 24-7 sports when I put his, his uh, tape on, you know, it wasn't Reggie Bush stuff, but it was close. I mean, and so, you know, Brian Hartline, you know, like we, that's, that's, information is critical you know to to this whole process for us and that's something that we've got to maintain
1: and then that's where all the rankings come in and I, i'm fascinated by where we're headed in the transfer portal stack of players
3: i'm disappointed by so, the way i don't I to be i don't think it's i don't think it, it, it here's what i think i think the collectives got in there and got work done and i i think the the talent depth of the transfer portal was it closed? It it closes soon, it did. right? It, yeah. Last week. Yeah. I think it's I I think it's it I'm really disappointed. Like I expected a lot more high profile, game changing players, especially at the line of scrimmage, but I I didn't see I it really was a disappointing transfer portal for me. You, a lot think, of you think
0: the collective stepped up to keep guys? Oh, I know
3: they did. Yeah. I mean, make no mistake, this transfer There's a lot of noise and a lot of numbers. And I know, you know, Notre Dame got, you know, that was a big win for them. Obviously for our state's done well, UCLA's done well. There's there's schools that have done well. But when you really look at what I was expecting, it did not happen at all. And that means they stayed home. And I think they stayed home. We know why they stayed home.
1: A.D. Mitchell's apparently entering the portal. I saw
3: that a few minutes ago. Yeah, talk
1: is, the rumors are he's going back home to Texas.
3: That's a, Um, that's a heck of a, I mean, that's yeah that was one that like okay, I'm looking at this you know in in Hartman, you know who knows what that will that will do, but that's a big get
1: uh, enjoy your dinner tonight, I'm sure you're going somewhere with another you know n f l star so you know, you know us, me. It's all I do. At, <laughs> no. up nothing up about
0: my night. life boring. He just he just uh, has dinner with former NFL running backs all yeah. the time. Well,
1: now it be, he mentioned Heartline and Murray. So now we move on to like offensive line maybe. Well, maybe he's, go, he's
0: going out with Thurman Thomas tonight <laughs> after DeMarco Murray, another Big 12 guy. Tight ends, yeah. Who knows? Shannon, uh, thanks so much, yeah, man. Well, Always well, good to see you. Let's do
1: this uh, more often, maybe yep. next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, see you, Shannon see ya. Terry in studio with us here in Nashville with On Three coming up. We discuss Live Golf, and we mentioned Perception is Reality, their TV partner. Initial takeaway, we'll give it to you next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. i kick
1: 360 rolls on. We've got headlines coming up across the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is mulling a future with the Green Bay Packers or elsewhere. We'll hit that plus other coaching interviews and the spots that Dan Quinn is interviewing for. Chad Live Golf on YouTube, that we know. They have a television deal here in the states with the CW. Now, when they announced this, my initial takeaway was that's it. I don't know if you felt the same way. But yeah, I was I- thinking <laughs> I was thinking, okay, they're based on the PGA Tour and the the pieces of the pie that they have with certain big media companies, they tried to block Live Golf and were successful in some ways, unsuccessful in others to the point where they're not going anywhere. In fact, they took a lot of the tour players with them. But are you more likely to find CW? Like I, I would, I would expect them to have a network that I know the channel of. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I think this is a failure for Live Golf. Let me, let me start there by stating that plainly. Um, no one is going to the CW to watch anything other than teeny bopper shows. I don't even know dramas. what was on there now. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a network that's sort of laughed at uh, for the most part. So this is a failure. I, this is what surprises me. I thought if anything, Live Golf would go to a streamer. It would go to an Apple or an Amazon Prime Video Mm -hmm. or something that was so far above the business fray of the PGA and what they want affecting them that would just say, "Eh, this seems like a pretty good product. I'll put it on our service, Uh, Paramount Plus. I mean, name it. The issue is these are all big conglomerates now for the most part outside of an Apple uh, that's just a major tech company that started from scratch and has no prior entertainment catalog, just what they create. But I did think one of those streamers would get in this business. So the fact that it's CW, that's a pass for me. Uh, I mean, that's just not good. Now I'm sure that's not good for Live Golf. Here's what Live Golf is successful in doing: spending a ton of money. Yeah, that's what they've done so far. No one's watching it. Um, No one's paying attention to the winners of these tournaments. They've raided the PGA Tour and done a good job of paying uh, ungodly amounts of cash to players to get them to come over, but it hasn't sparked enough interest yet, and going to the CW is not going to help with that.
1: Well, I think what they were met with was if they were going to end up with one of the big networks, they were going to have to pay for that time, at least initially. And they viewed it the opposite way, where they were going to be a revenue generator and therefore did not have to have an ad buy, so to speak. And that's where talks broke down. That's where they end up on the CW with this multi-year agreement. And I'm sure there's language where they can still be on YouTube TV and the like, just like they were in 2022. NFL discussion next on kick 360.